0: A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed.
1: Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning and everything related to your money. This is Mike Frost, and today on the podcast, we'll be discussing a topic that almost every client we visit with this year want to talk about. And what is that? The potential impact of a new Biden tax plan. So first of all, let's welcome to the podcast our CEO and founder, David Lee, along with our marketing director and producer extraordinaire,
2: Natalie. How are you two doing this morning? Doing good, Mike. As we sit here, it's uh, freezing cold outside, and we're looking at uh, some snow coming. Uh, so, <laughs> doing doing good. Just happy to have been able to make it to work this morning.
0: Yes, just trying to stay warm.
1: <laughs> we all slipped and slid our way into work today, uh, as as of this recording. So glad you're here. They made it safe, and now we want to talk about the new tax potential new tax plan. So our goal today will be to cover just a few other proposed changes. that uh, would take uh, three days to cover all of them. So we're just going to hit the tip of the iceberg today. There are way too many to cover on with just one podcast. But so before we get started, a lot of the new changes, David and Natalie, are being proposed as tax credits versus tax deductions. So a credit deduction, Mike, what difference does it make? Well, let me give you a quick example. So let's say we're talking about a single tax filer. They make, let's say, $50,000 a year. That puts them in a 22% bracket. If they get a tax deduction, a tax deduction of $2,000, then that saves them about $440 in taxes. So it reduces their income from $50,000 to forty-eight. dollars Then they pay their taxes net net it saves them $440. That's a tax deduction. A tax credit, however, takes it off of their tax bill. So same couple, if they had this and they got the $2,000 tax credit, they would actually end up saving $1,560 more than if they got a $2,000 tax deduction. And so that's what a lot of these new proposed changes are gonna be, tax credits meaning the person getting it is actually going to get that amount of money. Okay, let's get started. First thing, one of the proposed changes,
2: David, is the ordinary income tax. What are they going to do with that? Uh, The proposal is to raise the top bracket back back to the rate that it was prior to the Trump tax cuts or the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2000, whatever year that was, 18, I think. Uh, So the old top rate was 396 uh versus um the current rate for the top bracket, which is roughly over four hundred thousand is thirty seven percent so they're talking about making that go back to thirty nine point six
1: so that's the top bracket and if they move the top bracket, they most likely are going to move the rest of the brackets and again, as we know, the tax cut and job act of two thousand and seventeen it sunsets in twenty twenty six and so that's kind of what we've been doing our planning by and those tax brackets do go up about 14% in 2026. According to this, they're going to go up even faster if they implement these proposed changes.
2: Yeah, and like you said, Mike, and I totally agree with you if they if they're talking about raising the top bracket, they're they're really after everybody because you can't they won't be able to raise enough taxes that they that they want to get just from going after that top bracket. And unfortunately, uh, the, the track record is to try to, they know that it's fairly easy to pit, uh, you know, kind of class versus class. If you want to call it that, you know, people that make less than X amount would look at that and say, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's no big deal. Let, you know, let them pay more. They can afford it. But they're, they're really coming after everybody that that will trickle down. Because if you think about it, the people that make that make, uh, the kind of incomes where the top, uh, tax brackets fall, those are typically the employers. Those are the people that employ you They're they're the reason that, you know, that they're the ones that enable you to have a paycheck. So it will affect you whether you realize it or not. So, um, unfortunately though, we've, we've kind of allowed these politicians to, um, use envy against us as the way I would put it.
1: And that's a good observation, Dave, because based off everything we're going to cover today, and again, this is just the tip of the iceberg, we're going to need a lot more tax money to cover all of these things they want, want to do. Another way they can increase the tax revenue is the capital gains tax. So, Dave, what is a
2: capital gains tax for someone that may not
1: have heard that term?
2: Yeah, capital gain is simply when you, uh, and this would apply to real estate, to stocks, to virtually anything that you buy at a certain price today and you sell it at a different price tomorrow. So the the gain on that. So if I buy a house and I bought it decades ago and I paid $20,000 for my house and then I uh sell it today or we'll talk more about the step up and basis later, but let's say uh you've got a parent who paid $20,000 for a house decades ago. They die and leave it to you and now the house is worth 200,000 or whatever. That's a $180,000 capital gain, which um, under the current tax system would not be taxed according to what's called the stepped up basis, which we'll talk about later. But essentially, the uh, capital gain is whatever the gain is, but or what are the differences between the price you bought something for and the price you sold it for? That's your capital gain.
1: And, and most people think of capital gains if they're familiar with that, uh, like they have a piece, uh, some Walmart stock and they've had it for a long time, and they bought it at $20, and now it's at $140. That's a $120 gain on that, and when they sell it, they're going to owe capital gains tax on that $120. Well, today, the maximum is 20%. Well, guess what they're going to raise it to? Instead of making it a 20%, they're going to make it whatever your income tax bracket is, the proposed change is for anybody making more than a million dollars in income, if they have any capital gains, it will be taxed not at 20%, but whatever their income tax bracket will be. And as David mentioned earlier, that bracket is going to be 39.6%. Now, there's other little thing called net investment income tax, a 3.8. So it's basically going to double, do you hear that? Double your tax if you're in that income bracket. So if you're in that bracket, watch out. You may be doubling your taxes here come real soon. All right. How about itemized deduction, Davis? What are they going to do with those?
2: Well, Mike, currently there's no cap on itemized deductions. And uh, the proposal is to uh, cap itemized deductions at 28% for those making over 400000
1: Wow. So right now we got a, a standard deduction. If you have itemized deductions that exceed that, you itemize it. And, and if you have, you know, whatever the amount is, you get to itemize those. So what this is saying is, if you're in that high income bracket, 400000 or more, you can't have more than 28% of your income in itemized deductions. Wow. You better get that done soon. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, child tax credits. For
2: people that have children, w- what kind of credit do they have now? Well, Mike, the uh, proposal is for the child tax credit which is currently $2,000 per child to increase to $3,000 per child and $3,600 for children under six. And that credit would be fully refundable. So what does all that mean? Well, let's say you've under the proposal, let's say you've got three children, let's assume all of them are over six. So $3,000 per child is $9,000. Let's further assume that your total tax liability is only $6,000. Well, you would get You would actually get a refund of $3,000 in that example because it's it's fully refundable. So it totally wipes out your $6,000 tax bill in my example, and you still got $3,000 of that $9,000 credit left over. So you get $3,000 back from the government. So not only would you not pay any income tax, you would actually get money back from the government. There you go. And and Natalie, in her case,
1: she has a son that's under six. So Natalie goes from a $2,000 credit to $3,600 credit.
0: Thank you
2: sounds like you need to have more children.
1: Mm. <laughs> Let me think about that, yeah. so there's this other thing called a child independent care tax credit. It's three thousand dollars with a max of six thousand dollars currently. Well, the proposal is to go to eight thousand dollars with a maximum of sixteen thousand dollar tax credit. Back to your example, David. if I only owed four thousand and i've got a sixteen thousand dollar credit uh, the federal government's going to write me a check for twelve thousand dollars natalie another reason to have more children Just, okay <laughs> yeah. all right this is one a lot of folks are talking about is the payroll tax social security tax currently david you know social security if you make up to uh, in 2021 forty two thousand eight hundred dollars, you're going to pay social security tax on hundred percent of that, and your employer pays the other half. If you're self-employed, then you pay both halves of it. All right. Their proposal, their proposal is to restart that Social Security tax on any income over four hundred thousand. So, David, that creates a donut hole between one hundred and four hundred thousand. But what we understand about this proposal is if the four hundred thousand is not indexed and it stays static. Just imagine over the years that 142 number keeps creeping up and it matches the 400. Now you're paying a social Security
2: tax on Every everything dollar. and there yeah. is no more donut hole. Yeah, thoughts yeah, I think that <laughs> that's uh, that's probably the end goal is probably where they're wanting to go with this would be my my uh, initial feeling about that because I, I've always I've, I think we might have even talked about it on a previous podcast on here. I have believed for a long time ever since studying this whole social security thing that the that social security was always intended to be more of a tax on the american people and less of a benefit. It it kind of morphed into more of a benefit over time as people started living longer, but but anyway, so yeah, th- this would be a a pretty significant tax increase, initially only on those rich people earning over 400,000, but again, like we talked earlier, when they start coming for the quote-unquote rich people, there it's eventually going to trickle down to hit everybody.
1: Well, and here's another one then. Retirement savings. You know, everybody, when you first started into employer, when I started back in probably, what, 1982, they mm-hmm. said, put all you can in your 401k. Put it all in there. Get it in there. Tax, tax deferred. And that absolutely makes perfect sense. And a lot of current millionaires, that's how they got to be millionaires, is through their 401k. Now they want to t- start talking about retirement savings and how to make that fair and equitable among incomes. So let's say that you're a couple and you make $100,000. Well, David, we know that they're in a 22% bracket. So if they contribute $10,000 a year to their 401k, they save on taxes $2,200, right? 22%, $100,000 gives you $2,200. If you have another couple working at the same company that makes $400,000. they are in a 32% bracket. So they contribute $10,000 just like the $100,000 couple does. But that 32% bracket makes their savings $3,200. They actually get an extra $1,000 in tax savings. And so under the proposed changes, they're wanting to equalize that tax treatment. Not sure how they're going to do it, but that's one of the plans. Yeah, there's no definition of- All right, David, another thing that's important and we deal with on a daily basis is estate tax planning. Well, currently uh, you have an $11,580,000 $11, estate tax exemption before any estate taxes are done. The proposal is to drop that in half. Some things I've read is down to three and a half million. So if, if your estate is anywhere close to that, you could be Subject to a state tax. And and I think what's really scary, David, is this thing called step up. Can you help us understand what step up is?
2: Yeah. So real quick on the estate tax thing, if they do drop that way down, that's gonna create a planning opportunity, you might say, for a lot of people that are currently, you know, for years now, as you know, Mike, we've told people when they come in and they start talking about death taxes and so forth, the vast majority of people aren't affected by it, right? Because the the net worth requirement is so high that it just doesn't affect most people. Once you go down to three and a half million, that starts to catch a lot more people in that net. And so that's going to create probably a boon for the legal industry, with a lot of people that currently don't need trust planning and estate planning, they're going to start to need to do, to do more of that. So stay tuned for more news on that. If that in fact goes through, we'll be talking about what you need to consider there. Now, to your question, Mike, about the step-up basis, we referenced this briefly earlier. Or I did when I was talking about the the sale of a house, for example. This is going to catch almost everybody. So under the current stepped-up basis rules, uh, if, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the house example, let's say you have a parent that paid $20,000 for, for your, their house decades ago, and now they die, they leave it to you through their estate. And now the house is worth $200,000. Well, that's a $180,000 capital gain, which under the current stepped up basis rule, you could sell, up, sell that house. You, the, the, your cost basis in it is the value of the house on the date you inherited, or the, the value of the, the house on the date your parent died. Let's put it that way. So your cost basis would bet now be $200,000. So if you turn around and sell it for $200,000, you've got zero capital gain and therefore zero tax. Under the proposal, you would have a $180,000 capital gain, and you would end up paying anywhere from, say, 20% to 45% tax on that $180,000 gain. That affects almost everybody. So, again, kind of like we've been talking about throughout this podcast, don't let the government and the Democrats use class warfare and envy against you when they start talking about taxing the so-called rich they're really coming after everybody and the stepped- up basis uh proposal is the proof positive that they're coming after everybody
1: and david in that example if your estate was over three and a half to five million and use your house example and you had a hundred and eighty thousand dollars of gain and at a 45 percent tax that's eighty one thousand dollars of that one hundred eighty thousand dollars that you got to pay in tax, it's so a huge tax increase. It's and like you said, this could affect just about everybody. Okay, all right. There's a lot of talk about student loan forgiveness, but there's another piece in here in the tax plan that says higher education expenses, forgiveness of federal loans if people have been paying on them for twenty years. You've been paying faithfully on them twenty years, and at the end of that twenty years, they're going to tell you that okay you're done you owe no more now under current law there's a, a provision for that that's for 10 years it's very hard to uh for you to achieve that cuz a lot of different rules this is after 20 years they're going to do away with your loan and that forgiveness is not taxable under current law it is taxable so you get it forgiven and you owe no taxes on it
2: big deal here okay as long as you've got a good uh for, it says for borrowers with good repayment records. So, you know, if you've been delinquent on that debt, they're not going to just forgive it. Yeah, so, you miss out on it. Yeah. All right. First-time homebuyer credit. Well, th- this,
1: uh, Natalie, and we were just talking about this before the podcast. For first-time home buyers, and again, these are all proposed, there's going to be a credit, again, a credit of $15,000 for first-time homebuyers to use as a down payment. Natalie? You missed out.
0: I did. I did. I bought my house a you month your, early. That's
2: right. You just, what were you thinking? You bought at the wrong
0: time. I bought it at the wrong time.
1: <laughs> so what that means is if you go to the closing table and you put down 15000 and you haven't got this in advance, then when you do your taxes, you might get a
2: $15,000 refund for buying a house. What a deal. Yeah. The, the, the uh, positive of that is it could, <laughs> I'm sure... I'm sure that uh, real estate agents will love this law if it if it goes through because it will probably really uh, further uh, juice an already on fire real estate market. Um, and you know, housing is an important, a very important component of the overall economy. So that could that could definitely be a, a boost to the economy. The only thing I don't like about it is kind of like college debt being forgiven, like we talked about before we started recording, Mike you know, for people like us who we've already paid for or are paying for our children's college, then it's kind of not fair in some ways for, you know, for people who've been, who didn't pay for it to get it forgiven. It's kind of like in Natalie's example that we just talked about, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a uh, disappointing for, for someone who bought a house before this year that they miss out on that credit, which is one of the, Overall things, you know, just philosophically speaking, for a brief moment, uh, just one of the things I don't like about the tax code in general, that it, it, you know, it it has definite rewards for some and penalties for others. If I was ever elected the benevolent dictator of the of of the United States, I would uh, I would propose using God's tax system, which is a flat rate for everybody. All right. All those listening to the podcast, if you want to
1: write in for David Lee to be running for office, please respond to the podcast here. Natalie, tell them how they can do that.
0: You can also email podcast at mach1fg.com with with your recommendations on what office David Lee should be running for or questions (laughs) Uh, that you'd like answered.
2: That's the office of benevolent dictator. That's the (laughs) Okay. We're running out of time. So I got
1: one more I want to share with you. The healthcare cost. There is a proposal to cap all healthcare premiums to 8.5% of income. So if you paid more than that, then you would get a refund of that on your taxes. And, and included in that, they're gonna make it tax, they're gonna give a tax advantage for people that buy long-term care from their retirement savings. Again, we don't know the details of it. That's some things that are proposed. Well, we've covered a lot of things today. And again, this is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Hopefully we might do more of these in future podcasts. But if you like this, Natalie, tell them how they can respond to us, ask questions, or give us a like
0: yes you can follow us on all of our social media platforms we have facebook twitter youtube and linkedin as well as you can email us at podcast at mock one fg.com we would love to have your questions any suggestions on who you'd like to hear uh, as a guest on the next podcast any suggestions on what you'd like us to talk about and we would be happy to to look at those
1: thank you natalie well just a quick recap the new tax plan from the biden administration is going to use more tax credits Versus tax deductions mean more money is going to be spent. Top federal income tax rate going to rise to f- about thirty nine point six percent. The corporate rate is going to rise, but twenty to twenty eight percent. Plus, if you have a company making over hundred million dollars, you're going to get a minimum fifteen percent tax. Individuals over earn individuals earning more than four hundred thousand dollars, you're going to pay more payroll tax. You're going to do more in social security. Um, you're, you're going to be a, taxed. Child credits go from $3,000 to $8,000 to $16,000 uh, for more than one dependent. Tax relief will be offered to student debt forgiveness. First-time homebuyer credits will be restored. And the estate tax exemption, we could drop that by 50% down to about three and a half to
2: 5000000 And don't forget, the big one is the the proposal on the stepped-up basis and that how that affects everything. The
1: stepped-up basis is going to catch Everyone, just about
2: okay. Natalie shared with you
1: how we can you can respond to the podcast and again. If you want to be the campaign manager for David's uh, run for office, please write it in. We'll be taking uh, interviews on that here soon. All right, David, thank you. Natalie, thank you for producing the show and all the behind the scenes work it takes to put this podcast on. Job well done. You make us look good on this podcast. And like we like end all of them, we want to do a thought of the day. And this is from John Maxwell. There are two paths we can take. We can either play now and pay later, or we can pay now and play later. Regardless of the choice, one thing is certain. Life will demand a payment. There are no free lunches. Okay, well, that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment.
0: Mock 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.